Good evening. Welcome to Valley Talk. I'm your host, Heather Stark, and I have a couple of special guests with me. We have candidates for the Carnation City Council. Mike Flowers, welcome. Thank you. Glad to be here. Good, good. And we also have Tim Harris. Tim, welcome. Hi, Hi how are you doing? I'm fine. And Tim, you're running for position three against um, Tracy Blackburn. Yep. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. And uh, just so that our listeners know, we invited Tracy to come, but because of scheduling conflicts, apparently she cannot be here. Mike, you're running for position one against Adair Hawkins, and Adair was not able to get back to me. So she's that's why she's not here. It's not because we're endorsing any particular candidates. It's because you guys answered the call. So welcome. Thank, thanks Thank for you. having us. Okay. Let's start with Mike. Mike, why are you doing this? Well, I've uh, lived in Carnation for since 2001, and I grew up in a small town, and I, I what love... What small town? I grew up in New England and uh, Vermont. Where in Vermont? In Castleton, Vermont. Where's that near? That's near central Vermont, near uh, about an hour south of Burlington, which is the largest city in Vermont. Oh, I love Vermont. My first dog was named Bennington Burlington. Oh. <laughs> yeah, guess where I was when she was on order. Yeah. Um, love Vermont. I was just there in June. So I don't know why you ever left. Why did you leave? <laughs> uh, change of pace. Change, really? Not for job or anything? Just because you wanted to? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why would you want to leave there? Well, I was younger and it was uh, nothing uh, holding me there in particular. So okay. thought it was a good adventure to, to venture out west. Okay. Well, go west, young man, I guess. You know, we've been doing it for, for generations now, right? So why Carnation? What brought you to Carnation? Uh, it's a small town. Uh, like I said, I grew up in a small town, and I think that raising a family, uh, the best place to do that in today's society is in a small town with the, uh, the vibe and the atmosphere that it brings. Uh, I think that's an a important value and atmosphere for raising a family. Yeah. Tim, do you agree with him? Absolutely. Okay, what brought you to Carnation? Uh, well, I married into Carnation. I, oh, okay. Uh, you I, married I, into it. I okay. did. I, I met my wife, uh, Crystal, who's um, you know a longtime resident of Carnation. She's been here for about twenty years, and um, we got married in twenty fourteen. Uh, we met a couple years earlier, and um, okay, I'm feeling really, back. really very old. Really, you got <laughs> married in twenty fourteen. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. I'll just. Search for Geritol ads on the internet <laughs> while you finish your explanation of why you you came here. Okay. Um, so, well, that's that's the reason I came to Carnation. I I uh, you know moved to Washington from um, um, out of state. I, I was originally born in Washington, but uh, uh, my dad was in the military. We moved around a lot, and um, uh, so I've lived all over. Um, and then um, you know I went to high school in California. Um, ended up uh, you know joining the tech industry and then um, moved to a couple of different states uh, you know as part of my job for uh, the tech industry I've lived in uh, in Utah I've lived in Colorado um, do they know. have tech in Utah they do actually. Ah, okay yeah. all right just checking I'm just checking <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know really love the outdoors really love getting out and uh, and you know being in the um, in the you know in nature mm-hmm. and uh, when I when I came uh, back to Washington, you know, I was actually looking for a place that I thought would be, you know, good, a good, you know, kind of split the dis- distance between getting into work and being able to get out into the mountains and stuff like that. Um, I had originally in 2006, uh, bought a house in Monroe and, um, you know, lived up there 
and then um uh, you know, didn't realize at the time that US two was going to be a, a nightmare to, <laughs> to get out to you know to get out into the wilderness. So I didn't get to to use that as much as I as I thought I would. Um, Carnation is a great place. I love this town. Um, and when did you move here? In 2013. 2013. Late, late 2013. Okay. Yep. Okay. So you got married in Carnation. Uh, well, we we <laughs> we did the uh, the courthouse, uh, and then uh, you know got on a plane and. Had a destination wedding oh, with all wow. the kids. Yep. So you're quite the hipster. <laughs> destination wedding, you know. Yeah. In, in my generation, a destination wedding was that church or that hall. Yeah. One or well, the other. you know, the destination. When it's just you and the kids, it's a lot easier to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I want to get back to you, Mike. Why are you running for city council? Well, I'm um, someone that pays attention and, and to the politics that goes on at the various levels, whether it's local or, or state or, or national. And in doing so, I've, I have certain opinions and I, I voice them and, and I think I can make a difference for Carnation. Um, I'm a believer that if uh, you have an opinion uh, and want to share it, that's one thing, but if you're gonna, you need to do something about it. You can't just sit back and, and complain or point the finger. Um, if you're really, truly interested, you need to get involved at some level. And, and the best way to do that for the city of Carnation is to be a, be a part of the process and uh, be a member of the city council. And so that's what I, I want to do. How big is the council? How many members? Uh, there's five members. Five, okay. And Tim? How about you? Why are you doing this journey? Because I have to tell you, I did my little dipping the toe into politics. I ran for school board about 110 years ago. <laughs> and that can be pretty darn vicious. Mm. I, I was so naive. I mean, I was just gobsmacked. I just thought, okay, I have kids in school and I have this opinion and it's a little bit different from the incumbent. And mm -hmm. so, you know, let's just throw our hat. Oh, no, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. Uh-uh. There, it, It's vicious. Yeah. Why would you want to run for politics so i mean you know like i said i love this town i, I love uh the the small town uh character you know we say a lot we say that word a lot small town mm -hmm. character um but it's true you know you you don't get that in up in monroe you don't get that in you know redmond anymore you don't get that in you know any of the other uh you know towns even mm -hmm. our neighbor to the north now is is gotten to the point where you know it's it's you don't you don't know the people when you walk into the um, you know into the neighborhood businesses and things like that. Yeah. Um, everyone's a stranger. Here, you know, when I go out to dinner, you know, either at Pete's or over at Extapa, or now I've got to name all the businesses in town. Um, you know, we, <laughs> I, 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 if I don't know everyone's name, I at least know their face. I know mm -hmm. that I've met them, you know, and and um, you know, and I know that my, they're my neighbors. Mm -hmm. um, and that's something that I think is worth protecting. Um, you know, I think Mike said it very well. This is a great place to raise a family, uh, you know, and uh, it's a place where you can let your kids play outside and not worry about whether or not they're going to, you know, disappear. And um, the, uh, you know, there's a lot of, um, of pressure right now to, you know, to try and pack as much into this, into this town as possible from a, from a development standpoint. And, uh, and I don't know that it's necessarily been thought through what the long-term ramifications of that are. 
So it sounds to me like both of you are a little concerned about the growth. Is that right, Mike? I'm concerned about the the type of growth, yeah. Okay, explain. Well, it's, um, you know, we're, the city of Carnation itself is only about one square mile. And so uh, we need to be careful about uh, how we grow and develop that out. Uh, And it needs to align with uh, a vision and goals that the city needs to have. And so I think it's really important that the city have visions and goals. Uh, the vision currently is, is about uh, having a small town farming community in the valley. And that's what the, the city's vision is. And we need to make sure that we continue to align to that vision uh, as we grow. Because we, we can grow and still keep that vision. And so we need to be careful about that. And well, some, some of the, that growth, though, I mean, a great deal of it, like you mentioned, it's one, you know, the city limits are one square mile. But the county really has the final say on growth outside the city, does it not? Outside of the city, correct. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So are you limited? How do you envision working with the county um, to make some plans for Carnation cohesive with plans that the county has? Right. So I think that it's important that the city uh, partner with the county. I think it's important that the city partner with the uh, the farming community that surrounds the, uh, the city of Carnation, because that's, uh, for all intents and purposes, the city of Carnation is surrounded by a lot of different uh, farmers and, and their uh, and so we need to partner with them um, as we um, continue to uh, move forward and make sure that the vision that we have, that the goals that all of us have, not just the city, but partnering with the county as well as the farming community, uh, that we jointly make those types of decisions so that we're in agreement with the direction that our community goes in because it's uh, really it's the greater Carnation community that we need to um, focus on and ensure that it's vibrant and uh, and grows and is a area where you can raise a family. And okay. so you need to do that partnership. Okay. I'm going to come back and ask you about, you know, what that partnership looks like. But I want to get back to you, Tim. You also have concerns about growth. What are your concerns and how do you see that shaping up? So if I had to, you know, characterize my concern, it's mainly about you know, m- making sure that we don't put the cart before the horse. Um, you know, there's a there's a, a lack of infrastructure, especially in the transportation sector around Carnation. Um, you know, the 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 state and the county have uh, have budgeted for a certain amount of growth uh, within you know within Carnation and the surrounding area, and that budget does not currently include you know any kind of expansion to 203. It doesn't include any kind of um, you know work on the on the four ways across the river. Um, you know, that we have. And so, um, you know, when you have the city then making plans uh, in conjunction with other valley cities making plans to just completely blow past, um, you know, what the what the state and what the county have budgeted for from a growth perspective, we're we're essentially, um, you know, shooting ourselves in the foot from a, uh, you know, from a traffic standpoint, which then leads to a quality of life, you know, issue, because if, um, you know, if the traffic is so bad that you, you know, are sitting in traffic for an hour and a half to two hours to, to get anywhere, um, you know, the, the time that I would rather be spending my time enjoying, you know, carnation, not trying to get back home or get to work. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, so those, you know, those are, are, are significant issues. And then, um, you know, when you look at it from a, uh, from a, a, a social perspective, you know, there's a lot of folks that live in Carnation that, you know, um, aren't as, as well off as, you know, folks that are going into, um, you know, going into Redmond or going into Bellevue to, to work at Microsoft or, or Amazon or, you know, Facebook. Um, and so there's no transportation, there's no like bus service. There's no, you know, other transportation options. We are a very car dependent, um, city, you know, 80% of the people that live and, um, in Carnation commute out of Carnation to go to work. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's going to put a, a tremendous amount of pressure as we start bringing, you know, more growth into the city, especially when, you know, we're looking at six, seven, $800,000 houses coming into the city. Um, you know, folks aren't going to be able to afford to stay here and they're going to get pushed mm-hmm. farther out uh, than they are already. With that being said, one of my concerns, and I assure you this has nothing to do with my age, is senior citizens who are being forced out of their homes Mm -hmm. because of taxes and, you know, even people who have completely paid off their homes and retire and think that they're going to be good there are finding that they are being priced out of their homes. And I think... I, not even a week goes by, I don't think, where you don't read about somebody else having to sell out and move somewhere else. And that usually means away from their kids, away from their roots, away from their families. Mm-hmm. I asked a county representative what the county was doing about this, and and the representative said that they're very aware of that, they're looking at solutions. My spidey sense started tingling, and I said, let me guess, does that solution have anything to do with building a high-rise in downtown Seattle and shuffling everyone in, in there? You know, because that's my, my fear, that that's what the uh, county sees as a, as a solution, you know. Uh, meanwhile, their property can be divvied up and get a bigger tax base because, gosh, if they own five acres, there's one house on it. What are we getting? We're, you know, we're getting minimal taxes. If we can split that up and put four houses on there, we've got more. Or better yet, if we can split that up and put a store on there or a restaurant, then we've got even more taxes. And am I concerned about the senior citizens? Well, kind of, but I'm more concerned about the bottom line. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the sense that I get. I Do either one of you gentlemen want to respond to my paranoid vision here? <laughs> well, I think... Um, Mike? Yeah. yeah. I think that affordability is a very uh, important topic for the council and for the city as a whole moving forward because um, it's becoming more and more expensive to live here. Uh, for a variety of reasons. Uh, I mean, there's the, the taxes uh, keep going up. Uh, there's the potential for a, a pretty significant um, uh, bond issue coming up within the next few years. That's going to uh, get a lot of attention, I'm sure. And then if you look at all the various utilities that we pay, um, there's, there's various fees and taxes that the city collects through uh, cable, cell phone, uh, garbage, all of those things, the city has a piece of that pie. And they're looking at um, additional taxes and fees with stormwater and so forth. And so I think affordability is definitely a very important topic. I think we need to step back and do a holistic uh, assessment of all of the taxes and fees and that the city uh, charges and collects uh, and uh, see what we can do about that. Because um, if we're not careful, 
careful, uh, we're going to uh, become a city that just um, that's difficult to afford to live here and is geared towards um, uh, upper income uh, folks. And, and that would not be a, a good thing for a carnation. Do you see it as becoming kind of a ritzy bedroom community if that trend continues? I, uh, for sure. I mean, if you look at all the new homes being built and, and who the uh, target uh, buyers are for those homes, uh, it's it's becoming that way. And we need to be careful. Uh, I'm not saying we don't want to cater to them and, and build those types of homes. We need to. Uh, but we need to have a wide variety and, and diversity of, of people living in the community because that's what makes Carnation great is that uh, variety of folks, that diversity of folks across the whole social and economic uh, spectrum, uh, mm-hmm. and if we um, if we lose that, then we lose the soul of carnation. Absolutely. And you agree with that, Tim? Absolutely. Was 100%. there anything you would add to that answer? I mean, I think Mike did a great job of explaining it. You know, there's macroeconomic issues that the city can't control, um, and you know we have to we have to uh, control what we can control as a as a city. And you know, there obviously the city needs tax revenue in order to be able to function. There are services that the city has to provide. Um, you know, and and there are uh, state laws in place that, you know, make it to where the city has to get creative in some of the ways that it collects tax revenue. Um, you know, Mike mentioned some of the fees and taxes that, you know, will collect through, um, you know, through services that are being provided. The, um, you know, the the worry that I have is, is, you know, the, the regressivity of a lot of the of the a lot of the fees that, you know, the city is collecting when you look at things like, you know, stormwater or you look at things like, you know, taxes on, um, you know, the water and sewer utilities, you know, those are things that people don't have a choice. They have to pay them. And so someone who, you know, is, um, you know, making $50,000 a year, paying the exact same amount as someone who's making $150,000 a year, that's just not equitable, you know, from a, from a taxation standpoint. And that's something that, you know, we have to, as a city, be cognizant of. I want you to think about my question earlier of working with the county, because that's not always easy. Mm-hmm. County is kind of, you know, uh, who was it, David and Goliath? I, you know, county is kind of Goliath and Carnation's mm-hmm. kind of David. Um, how do you envision being able for the city to be able to work with the county so that the county doesn't impinge upon the city? goals and ideas. I'm going to take a little break and then I'm going to, I see, I'm going to give you, see, I am fair. I'm going to give you a couple minutes to think about that. (laughs) (laughs) We'll have a pop quiz when we return. You're listening to Valley Talk. I'm Heather Stark and with me are Tim Harris and Michael Flowers, candidates for Carnation City Council. We'll be right back. Remember to join us at 1 p.m. on Sunday for Animal Radio. Animal Radio is America's most listened-to pet show. The nearly two-hour celebration of our pets is hosted by veterinary talent Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. So tune in, 1 p.m. Sunday, Animal Radio. This is Dr. Tom Shives. And I'm Tracy McRae. 
Get the latest health and medical news each week on Mayo Clinic Radio, airing Sunday at noon on Valley 104.9 KAPY-FM. And catch the Mayo Clinic Health Minute at 8.20 a.m. and 5.20 p.m. each weekday. Welcome back to Valley Talk. I'm your host, Heather Stark. We're talking politics. Well, kind of talking politics. Well, I guess, well, we're talking politics, aren't we? We're talking with Mike Flowers, who is running for position one on the Carnation City Council, and with Tim Harris, who's running for position three. Now, um, Tim, you're running against Tracy Blackburn, who is not here. Her schedule wouldn't permit it. But tell me, please, how you think your performance or values or objectives would be different from Tracy's. I'm not asking you to do bashing. I'm just asking you for differences. (laughs) That's all. Well, so... um I've worked with Tracy actually in the past at Microsoft. Both of us uh, um, were on a, um, a public relations team in the past, so you know I've gotten to uh, to know Tracy, and I, I like Tracy. I think Tracy's a great uh, a great person. I think we disagree on on issues, and that's and that's okay. Um, the you know on the on the growth issue because that's you know kind of the the main thing that we've been talking about lately. Um, you know, Tracy was on the planning board uh, back in 2015 when, um, you know, when a lot of the uh, current um, comprehensive plan for Carnation was was last updated, you know, which brought in, uh, you know, a lot of the high density zoning that, you know, we currently have in our comprehensive plan. So the future land use for, for Carnation is is set up for, you know, um, the the the. the planner that we used to have, um, you know, would call it, you know, maximizing the zones or maximum density. Um, and so the, uh, you know, the concern that I have is um, we've already seen uh, Tracy's plan. She, you know, was was part of the, the, the team that authored the plan uh, mm-hmm. that we are currently, um, you know, living with that is, um, you know, bringing a, a lot of, of, of density into the city. Um, and wants to bring even more density into the city, which then, you know, as we talked about a little bit earlier, is going to bring the traffic problems and uh, a lot of the other, um, you know, challenges that, um, you know, like, for example, you know, just looking at it from a, um, you know, from a practical standpoint, a lot of the a lot of the uh, tax revenue that the city gets is, is from businesses that rely on people coming from outside of Carnation. Mm-hmm. And if Carnation becomes difficult to get to, we'll actually end up losing out on tax revenue because people would rather, you know, get on 90 and go another half hour down the road than, you know, if coming to Carnation looks the same as staying in Redmond, why bother? Mm-hmm. It's interesting you say that because I noticed Redmond, Bothell, and to some extent Woodenville, they, they're becoming almost interchangeable. Yeah. They, you can't really, you know, the styles of architecture, the uh, core development. I mean, it's almost like, did they hire the same guy? Did he give a quantity discount for the city planning or something? You know, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just like, and I keep thinking, you know, you come back and right now it looks very cool, very, you know, woo, this is cool. This is all new and shiny. But give it about 20 years mm-hmm. and they're all going to be aging. Yeah. All of those buildings, I'm thinking particularly of Bothell. I mean, there isn't really very much even of the old City core left. Right, all of the buildings have been built within like the last five years. So that means that in twenty years they're all going to be old and shabby at the same time. Um, and I, I think of that with all of these communities, and I think you know, Redmond. It doesn't matter whether you go to Redmond or uh, Bothell or Woodenville. I mean, it, it's like you're in the same thing. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're thinking 
you want to avoid incarnation? I'm going to ask Mike this one. Uh, yeah, I'd like to avoid that. I think we need to uh, make sure that our uh, codes and uh, regs that we have for buildings um, encourage uh, people to keep the current structures, to keep the current architecture that exists in those structures, uh, rather than having uh, it be more economical to tear down and rebuild. Uh, so I think we need to make sure that those codes uh, encourage that and allow that um, and, and make it a hard choice to, to say, hey, I'm going to tear that down. No, we want to we make it so that it's an easy choice for, for folks to say, hey, I'm going to keep that uh, building the way it is and just do some remodeling inside and keep that character, keep that uniqueness that we see along Main Street. Well, and we do see that that character. We see it in Duval. We see it in Carnation. We see it up in North Bend. We see that original character. And I suppose some people could interpret that as just being old and outdated. But I think what you're saying, Mike, for me, you know, yes, let's keep that. You know, I mean, if you've done any traveling in Europe or whatever, you they beautifully incorporate mm-hmm. uh, modernization of the older buildings while still preserving that architecture. And yet here we seem to want to just knock everything down and build new little match sticks and you know and my my son was saying he's feeling very old because he remembers in redmond when they first built this this restaurant uh, when he was a kid we used to go there it was called claim jumper and we went there because the quantities were just Im- immense yeah, right and as a single mother we could buy one entree and i could feed all three of us you know so we, we'd go there a lot and of course they tore that down a few years ago and mm-hmm. they're building this the, this fancy hotel they may be done with it and my son said boy that's making me feel really old. I remember when they built the claim jumper and now they torn it down and built, and I went, well, buckle your seatbelt because mm-hmm. that seems to be what everybody does here. Right. We don't seem interested in preserving any of that local flavor or historical flavor for that matter. Yeah. And that's my little two cents worth. Okay. You guys can take notes. Okay. <laughs> um, Mike, going back to that question that, that we went to break to last time, it's not all up to the city. It is for that square mile, but it's not when you're dealing with the surrounding area. And unfortunately, there isn't a city wall <laughs> surrounding right. that, that one square acre um, or one, um, you know, that, that section that's actual city. Um, you have to work with that county. Do you foresee any problems in dealing with the county? Do you see any conflicting values that would make things problematic? Well, I think it might depend on who who you would refer to in the county. The county's pretty big. And well, I refer and, to them all with very bad words, so yeah. don't ask me who we're <laughs> referring to. Okay? Right. So I think uh, I think the important part is is that we um, partner with our local the the rep uh, Kathy and Kathy Lambert. Mm-hmm. Correct. And uh, what about this John Taylor? Excuse me. John Taylor, the rural services director or whatever his title is? Yeah, uh, I'm not too familiar with him, but anybody that has some type of responsibility or jurisdiction in the rural areas or the you know um, eastern King County, uh, I think it's important that we establish relationships with them. Uh, and um, I personally, what I would like to see us do is to invite those, those types of folks to a, a workshop uh, locally here at, at City Hall and get together with them as well as the city council and, and the planning board as well as the, the, count, the city staff and then also invite some of the uh, key stakeholders in our community, 
whether it's within the city limits itself or or in addition the the farming community and just have a kind of a workshop and a gathering to discuss and develop a um, you know a 5 10 15 year look ahead for what we think uh, the carnation the greater carnation area uh, would look like uh, what our vision is what our what our goals are and then um, over time develop some uh, strategy that helps us uh, get there continue to grow uh, but do it in a manner that uh, helps us achieve what our end and goals are and what would be the motivation for the county to do that i mean let's face it we're a flea on this big animal that's called the king county um, i'm gonna get, let you off the hook and i'm gonna toss that over to tim <laughs> well so i just want to say that first of all i'm i'm very much aligned with uh, with Mike's position here. The um, it's a good you thing know, you two aren't running against each right. other. <laughs> <laughs> from a you know from a, a a small city perspective, I mean you know we we're small, but we we can all you know we also are um, you know we can we can either work with the county and 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 you know strive to to um, to build something that's that's uh better for both of us or you know we can be the um you know the the i don't know the 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 little kid that's just uh you know throwing a a tantrum um and right now what's what's happening is you know the the city or sorry the county and the state you know have given us a, a an allocation of growth through the growth management act which actually you know if you read the code it actually says that it's supposed to be a collaborative process from the get-go yeah, um, but there's collaboration, and then there's collaboration. Well, and you know, and that's true. I mean, you know, you've got uh, you've got the county, you know, which, as we all know, is the 800 pound gorilla, and is and and can basically just come in and say, you know what, uh, here's what you get, mm-hmm. and um, if you uh, if you throw a tantrum and just say, well, you know, forget you guys, we're going to do what we want. Um, you know, there, that really just instantly shuts the door to any kind of future collaboration because what they know of Carnation now is, oh, well, we, you know, said we've got budget for 330 houses and, you know, they're going to go build 900 and that's going to cause us problems on our county roads that they already don't have budget to fix. That's going to cause them problems on the state highways that they already don't have budget to, to take care of. And so rather than working collaboratively with the state and with the county in order to uh, address you know issues regional these are regional issues and and in, in, instead of being part of the solution we're just making the problem more difficult by um, you know by being recalcitrant and um, I think the uh, you know I think Mike laid it out really really well I mean we need to get in a room with with the uh, the county and with the Puget Sound Regional Council and you know and and hash it out. Um, we have to have, you know, tax revenue in order to be able to function as a city. Um, they have budgetary constraints that they're, you know, dealing with. Let's see if we can't figure out a solution that works for everybody rather than just saying, you know what, we're going to ignore you guys and go do what we want to do. Well, that's very cool. And, and, you know, what both of you are saying is very idealistic, I think. But what's the motivation for the county to do that? So this, uh, this Mike. So I think that it's uh, in in some way it's publicity. I think that if you step back and look at the county uh, as a whole, uh, not a lot of good news coming out of there. Not a lot of uh, <laughs> success stories. And so if we could, um, you know, they could see us as a a good opportunity to 
to have a success story. It's not going to take a whole lot of effort to do this. And so they could invest some time uh, in, in working with us and coming up with some, some good long-term solutions and direction to go in. And they can use that as a kind of a stepping stone to building back uh, goodwill with the, with the county as a whole and all of this, the, the citizens within the county and, you know, have a good, good success story, have something, you know, use Carnation as a poster child of how cooperation and, and partnership can, can be a value across uh, all of the different jurisdictions responsible for a particular area. Okay, yeah. so assume that that's a reasonable goal, which it certainly sounds like it. How are you going to get them to come to the table? Well, I, I think you just ha- you, you reach out uh, and you yeah, start fostering those relationships. There's already relationships there uh, with certain members of the city and, and county and different different folks. So you just you know leverage those relationships and take advantage of them and and um, and invite them out and uh, you know offer to uh, you know cater local local meals and local local vibe and experience and and get them out here for an afternoon or an evening. Okay. Well, presumably they would come out for more more frequently than just when they're invited. I mean, it would seem reasonable for them to do that. But again, I'm very jaded. I'm very upfront about that, <laughs> that I hate King County. And my particular problems with King County go back for many, many years. And I do not find them receptive or user-friendly, so to speak. So I'm thinking, you know, boy, you guys both have some really great plans. I'm not going to hold my breath that the county's going to just jump right up and go, yes, thank you for the invitation, okay? You but know, I think, the department, I think the Department of Local Services is actually a great uh, stepping stone to that. I mean, it's a it's a new department that's been built within King County. And yet, have you met with John Taylor? How, uh, how often I've, I've has been, he been I've, out? So he's been out three times in the last six months, and I've been to all three of the meetings mm-hmm. that they that they held. I haven't had a long, in-depth conversation with him, but, you know, they, they have come to Carnation made themselves available, brought all kinds of information about uh, the services that the, that the county has and, and provides. Um, they, they want to be, you know, successful in, in uh, providing good service to the, to the rural community. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think Kathy has actually done a really good job of getting that, um, you know, getting that department stood up and getting mm-hmm. the executive to understand that, hey, there are people that live outside of Seattle and Redmond and Bellevue mm-hmm. um, that, you know, are still King County. Yeah. And, um, you know, so the director of the rural services, though, (laughs) lives in Seattle. Okay, (laughs) so, um, you know, good luck. I mean, it's nice that he came out for visits, but, you know, I I questioned him personally Mm. about how relevant his particular experience is to interpreting the experience of those of us out in Mm -hmm. the rural county. And uh, he gave a valiant attempt to uh, to answer that question. But I think that that's a serious concern for me. You know, I, I, I mean, if you, if you spent the last 19 years living in Seattle, yeah. how keen are you on understanding the problems in Carnation or Duval or North Bend? Um, so that's just my, again, that's my personal prejudice, mm-hmm. you know. Um, one of the things that I wanted to ask you, Mike, is because I kind of diverted from asking Tim uh, how his particular um, ideas and his particular campaign issues might vary from his opponent. What about you? What do you see as the big difference between you and your opponent? Uh, good question. Um, I don't really know Adair very well. Uh, I met her for the first time at the uh, candidate forum that we had uh, a couple of weeks back. Uh, so... 
not a lot of not a lot there for me to compare and contrast with. Um, I do know that um, from my perspective, what I bring to the table is our critical skill sets that are important for uh, the city. Uh, you know, whether it's um, being able to, I'm very methodical and analytical in, in the way that I approach things. Uh, and so I, I give it a lot of thought. I don't rush to judgment. Uh, and so I really do, do make sure that I, I think things through thoroughly. Uh, and I also make sure that I apply common sense. Uh, it may, may sound simple, uh, but uh, you'd be surprised in the uh, political world how little common sense comes into play. And so those are a couple things that I feel are important that I definitely uh, would be bringing to the table um, as a member of the council. Okay. We haven't talked about your professional experience, and I want to ask you about that, how you th- see your professional experience mer- merging and, and complementing your role on the city council should you be elected. Mm-hmm. Tim, do you want to answer that? Uh, sure. So, um, you know, I've been in the tech industry since uh, I got out of college, um, but I've been in a number of different roles. So, um, you know, I've been in, uh, in sales, I've been in marketing, I've been in public relations, uh, I've been in engineering and in... Um, you know, my most recent role, I am a, uh, a data scientist. So, you know, um, so what I would say is I bring a, a breadth of experience across a bunch of different disciplines um, that, you know, uh, gives me the ability to see, you know, problems from all kinds of different angles. Uh, I am able to put myself in, put myself in the shoes of, you know, of a bunch of different stakeholders um, and, and kind of understand, you know, well, what are the what are the motivations? What are the incentives that they are are trying to solve for, and and then look for creative ways. Um, you know, and look for uh, you know, yeah, creative ways that 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 satisfy as much as possible of everyone's needs. Um, and you know, that's one of the one of the Okay. Reasons why I think I, I, I've been successful in my current career, as well as why I believe that I'd be a good asset for the city council. Okay. Mike, what about your professional experience, and how would that translate into your role as an elected city council member? Uh, sure. So uh, I work at Boeing as a, a computing architect, and my main responsibility is to work on uh, strategies, uh, develop strategies, not just for the short term, but for the long term for the area that I'm responsible for with regards to their IT solutions. And that requires uh, really stepping back and establishing that, you know, some of the things I talked about, which is uh, establishing a vision and understanding what that vision is and, and creating those goals that, that are going to help you achieve that vision. And then once you have that, um, then you go into the um, strategy development where you you kind of look at that three, one year, three year, five year uh, look ahead uh, and develop a strategy uh, on how you're going to get from where you are today to where you want to be. Uh, and then you, you start working those tactical plans, those tactical things that you do on a day-to-day basis uh, that is going to help you align to that strategy. And so when the council makes decisions, when the city makes decisions, we need to make sure that we're referring to and looking to looking at that strategy and making sure that it's the things that we do are going to help us take the steps forward rather than taking steps backward. Okay. Good answers, both of you. So far, I haven't made either one of you stumble. That, you know, I mean, you have to understand that's very disappointing for me. Um, (laughs) I'm stumbling on the inside. (laughs) Oh, okay. All right. I'll take it. I'll take it. You know, nobody can do a job like that alone. What do you see as the biggest helpers that you would have on city council? Mike? 
biggest helpers. Helpers to do the job of being a city council person. Right. Well, either I, employed or not employed or, you know, who, who would surround you to help you with this job? Right. So I think obviously um, working with the, my fellow council members is going to be important and critical and being able to have conversations with them. Uh, I think another part of that is going to be uh, working with and having a good relationship and rapport with the city staff, whether it's the city manager uh, or the public works folks and really across the board, the office staff and everyone, and having that type of a relationship where you're able to talk to people and, and learn from them. Uh, it's important, uh, probably one of the most important traits that a uh, politician should have is listening and uh, being able to listen to people and understand different opinions uh, and being able to pull from all of the different people that you interact with to come up with uh, what the right decision might be for a particular topic moving forward. And so I think that those are some of the key um, helpers that I would refer and rely on um, as a council member. Tim? Um, so, you know, in, in addition to that, I think making sure that you've got a good um, um, one of the things that I think that the council's done a, a good job on is is starting up the you know the coffee with council, for example. I mean, just offering uh, venues and opportunities to be able to engage with uh, with the the citizens of Carnation, the people that we serve, is um, probably one of the biggest you know things that uh, that I would want to double down on uh, as you know, as a city council member, the, um, you know, I think, uh, you know, Mike said it well, um, you know, working together with, uh, with the current council. I mean, I think, uh, most of the members on the council are, are, are pretty pragmatic and are definitely, you know, looking out for, um, you know, for, uh, trying to make the best decisions possible for Carnation. Um, you know, I think the, the city staff are incredible. I mean, they do, a, a ton of, of work that, you know, folks just don't even uh, realize, you know, how much they do behind the scenes uh, on any given day. I mean, especially the public works guys, they're out there, you know, doing jobs that none of us want to do. Um, and I think they're in a lot of ways underappreciated. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, that's, that's something that, um, you know, the city council's job is not just to, um, you know, bring things in from the, um, you know, from the, the city, you know, from the citizens of the city into the city, but it's also the job, the job of the council to, um, you know, be kind of the evangelists for, uh, for the city as well, and make sure that there's a good, just two way communication that's happening between, um, you know, between the citizens and, and the city as you opposed to. You gave a good answer there, Tim. And so did you, Mike, <laughs> but I will tell you right now, you both get lost points because you should have said your spouses too. Oh, See? You got, write that down. Yes. Write that down when you get home I'm and your sorry, wife Crystal. listens to the show. Okay, make sure that you you tell her. Oh yeah, I thought that was without saying no. that it would be a spouse. So there, I saved your bacon on that one. I'm going to give you a chance to think about what you've done, and then we're going to come back and we're going to finish this interview on Valley Talk. You're alone in the car. You don't know why. You're just not sure. There was something up there, something out there. You heard it. You saw the eyes. The radio was on. It was Desert Oracle Radio on Valley 104.9 Community Radio, Sundays at 8 p.m. Desert Oracle Radio, the voice of the desert. 
Join Valley 104.9 for our brand new two-hour blues show starting October 2nd at 7 p.m. It's the Blues Highway with me, Mike Suttles, featuring old blues, new blues, all kinds of blues. Heard every Wednesday at 7 p.m. right here on Valley 104.9, your home of Northwest Eclectic Music. Welcome back to Valley Talk. I'm your host, Heather Stark, and with me is Mike Flowers. Welcome, Mike. Thank you. And he is running for Carnation Council Position 1 against Adair Hawkins. And with me also is Tim or Harris, and he is running for Council Position 3, and his opponent is Tracy Blackburn. Now, neither Adair nor Tracy is here with us tonight because of scheduling conflicts and uh, whatever, but uh, we have a good chance to ask Tim and Mike, and I think they've done yeoman job, yeoman's jobs of, of putting up with my questioning and my complaints and my my opinions, so <laughs> right on, guys. I'd vote for, I'd vote for you. Um, but one of the things that I wanted to talk about is conflict. Uh, as I mentioned, I've run for public office, and whew, it's tough. It's a tough job. And I imagine when you get elected, it's even tougher. What about conflict? What, what are you going to do? What about your personality, your experience, you know, your plans? What are you going to do when conflict inevitably arises? Tim? Um, well, so as I mentioned, you know, I work at Microsoft, and uh, I have for a long period of time. Wait a minute, are you saying that that in itself is enough to prepare you for well, conflict? Well, it actually, uh, <laughs> in in the past, absolutely. Uh, there is a there's a um, a comic uh, that's uh, fairly famous out on the internet um, where it's a picture of Microsoft's uh, organizational chart from uh, you know about ten years ago, and uh, the the uh, comic is the organizational chart with with guns pointed between the different organizations uh, in kind of a three way standoff. And, um, you know, and, and it's really uh, unfortunate, but that was really not that far off from the truth uh, in the past. You know, you had different parts of the organization that, that essentially fought against, um, you know, against different parts of the company because they had different goals, different objectives, and they were fighting over funding. Um, the, you know, the, the way that I navigated that, um, you know, then is probably about the same as I'd navigate it now. It's, you know, you go through, you talk to people, you figure out, you know, what, <laughs> what it is that they're trying to achieve, you know, and, and understand the constraints, you know, what their, what their, um, you know, kind of, uh, uh, requirements are. And then, you know, and then you figure out, okay, well, great. How can I work within that framework to achieve what I'm trying to achieve, you know, without crossing any of their kind of, you know, red lines that they can't uh, negotiate on. Um, you know, you're not always going to find the perfect answer for everybody, um, but you can almost always find an answer that is uh, better than what you had for both parties. And um, and as long as that's always the objective, you know, um, we're 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 in a place where we've got different people with different ideas different um you know goals it's 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 about driving to a consensus that everyone can live with um not i get my way or they get their way and we've got to stop this kind of black and white view of the world and get to a point where we can all you know say look i i get a little bit of what i want i get what i need they get a little bit of what they want they get what they need and we move together we all live in this town we all are here because we love this town 
and um, and I don't think anyone wants to see it, uh, you know, hurt. And so as long as you start from the perspective of everyone's trying to do what's best, you always end up with a better objective or, you know, better outcome. Okay. Mike? Conflict. How do you handle conflict? How would you, uh, how would you handle conflict as sure. a city council member? Yeah. So there's always going to be difference of opinion. And in, in some ways, I think that's, that's good if it's done in a healthy manner because it's through that, that difference of opinion and the uh, subsequent discussions and sharing of your ideas that you end up with a, a better result. And so I think uh, some of the key uh, things that you need to do are, is, um, one, stay calm. Uh, two, you need <laughs> to listen. Uh, listen to what those the other people are saying and, and, and really give try to understand where they're coming from uh, and then make sure that you are um, you know respectful in your dialogue back you know when when someone has that difference of opinion you say oh okay yeah I understand what you're saying but have you thought about this or what did you consider this when uh, you know this other uh, aspect and and just have that dialogue and conversation similar to what we're having right now we're having a nice good conversation and you need to make sure that that's the approach that you take uh, when you're on the um, at the council meetings um, not just at the council meetings but also outside of the council meetings when you're when you're talking to your the community and, and getting their perspectives and thoughts uh, you just need to have that good respectful um, demeanor and and conversation and, and listen and, and have that good sharing of ideas. Uh, I think those are the key things. You know, as you're talking, I'm, I'm recalling a professor I had once who was a very skillful debater and a very effective communicator. And one of the things that I noticed about him is even when he was talking with people with whom he was diametrically opposed, whether it was politically or whatever, he al- he would back up he would take a step back and take a step back. So in other words, if you came into his office and you said the sky is blue and he thinks the sky is pink, he wouldn't just sit there and argue with you about, no, no, the sky is pink. He would start backing up and backing up. Do you agree that the sky is above us? Do you agree that the sky needs to be some sort of color? Do you, you know, he would just keep taking these steps back until he reached a point of agreement. And once you agreed on that point, then you could start working your way forward again. And I've always tried to do that, although I'm woefully ineffective at it because I'm just too strongly opinionated. Um, (laughs) But it's such an effective strategy, you know, to back up to that point of agreement because once we reach an agreement and we understand that we agree, then we have a bond. And it makes it so much easier to not have conflict or to work through the conflict as we go along. So I'll send you a bill for that advice, guys. <laughs> um, the other thing is, is that I think is to just remember that everybody's just human. Yeah. Everybody's just human. Absolutely. You know, you know, with all the political hatred and everything, I always go, and people develop their opinions based on their life's experiences, their education, their economic level, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and we're all just human. Right. Um, and I think sometimes we forget that in, in the passion of the moment. Yeah. So again, I'll send you a bill for that advice. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about the future? What if you don't win this particular election? Will you remain active in politics in the city? And if so, how? Mike? 
Uh, yeah, I think I'll I'll remain active. There's some uh, important uh, topics in as over the next two to four years that are going to be important. Uh, that's going to set the direction for the city for the next you know ten to twenty years. So, I think it's important to stay engaged, uh, regardless of the outcome of the election. Uh, and one way of doing that is to um, you know pay attention and, and keep up to date with what's going on in, at the council, and then um, as appropriate. Uh, go to council meetings and listen and share your your opinions during uh, during the, the community uh, input period at the beginning of every meeting. Uh, go take advantage of the different open houses that might occur or the the coffee with the councils that that are um, that they've established uh, and just really just continue to um, be aware of what's going on uh, and engage with and, and share you know share my opinion. Great. Tim, how about you? Uh, you know, very much the same. I mean, I've been going to the city council meetings, um, I think. I don't think I've missed any, actually, for the last, you know, year and a half. And um, the, you know, uh, keeping track of what's going on with the city is is absolutely critical. Um, you know, there are a lot of people that don't have the opportunity to get to the council meetings. And, you know, and frankly, there's you know, most people have better things to do than to, than to, you know, geek out on policy. And so, um, um, I think people, uh, want to have conversations about what's happening at the city. Um, you know, I think we've lost kind of the, um, I, I don't know, it's the, the art of having, you know, the, um, uh, what do you call them? The alehouse, uh, you know, kind of conversations that you know. You going back to the to the uh, New England, you know, uh, view of the world where everyone would come. You know, they'd go to the the coffee houses or the alehouses and and whatnot and talk about what's happening. Talk about you know uh, the 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 town. Talk about the city. Talk about the you know the county, and and that was how ideas you know used to be exchanged. Um, we've all gotten you know, a little too comfortable sitting behind our keyboards and not actually talking to one another anymore. And that's something that I think, you know, um, you know, I try and get out. I mean, I'm, don't get me wrong. I'm also on the keyboard, but, um, <laughs> you know, but, uh, you know, I get out, I talk to people. I think that, uh, uh, you know, the coffee with the council is a, is a great forum for that. Um, and I'm just going to plug it. It's third Saturday of every month mm -hmm. that they do it. Um, you know, over at Sandy's and, uh, it's a good opportunity to just find out what's happening. Well, maybe what we could do is get the checkerboards and the chairs on the porches like they used to do. And everybody could just gather around the general store. Wait a minute. Right. <laughs> I'm having a flashback to gun smoke here or something. Um, but I, I appreciate what you're saying, Tim. I mean, I, people did used to, and I think political discussion now, people get so irate. It's, it's, it's almost impossible to actually have a discussion um, it's more like it's always an argument. It's politics as football. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's about whose team wins. It's not about what's best for the city. And that's unfortunate. Yeah, it is. It's like, it's kind of like a contentious divorce, you know? I mean, everybody thinks that their version is going to be best for the kids and by golly, you better do my version, you know, or it's terrible. So, okay. I don't know where I came with, up with that. <laughs> one, but I, I did. Okay. Okay. Um, so did I, I'm, I'm going to give you a chance to grill me. Is there any question that you were hoping I would ask that I didn't ask? Tim? Oh, man. Uh, no, I think you did a great job. Oh, that's the right answer. That's <laughs> the right answer. I'm going to butter up the, 
<laughs> you know, the host. <laughs> I don't do the editing, okay? Nice try. I don't do the editing. Mike, how about you? What would you have liked me to ask you that I did not ask? Um, perhaps, you know, what is, I've talked about vision a lot. And so, you know, what is, what, what is your vision, Mike? Um, and so, um, I'll answer that if that's all right. That's fine. Um, I think my vision is that the, the city of Carnation remains a, um, a small town, uh, farming, uh, farming community type of, a, an environment and atmosphere where, you know, 10, 20 years from now, uh, the city of Carnation is still better known for its farming communities uh, and the surrounding uh, atmosphere that exists here today than it is to say, oh, Carnation's a bedroom community. You know, that's not what I want. I want Carnation to continue to be known across the county, across the state as, an, as a great place to raise a family. And uh, it's a small town uh, in, in the Snoqualmie Valley. Tim, what's our biggest asset in Carnation? The people. Absolutely, without a doubt. Um, you know, you walk around this town and you go into any of the restaurants or you go into any of the stores and you can have a conversation and know that you're, um, you know, you're dealing with, with people who are, are, are real, you know, and uh, that's rare these days. Great. And I agree with you. Mike, what about you? Can you top that? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, people is is obviously uh, an important part. And I think the other part is just the natural surroundings that we have. You know, we have Tolt McDonald Park, which is uh, the best uh, county park uh, around. Uh, and, and we have the, the Snoqualmie River and the Tolt River going through. And we got the the various trails and things. It's just a, it's a magnet for people, I think, if we take advantage of it and make... Uh, and make and take advantage of that by making Carnation a destination city uh, to attract people to want to come here on the weekends and evenings and and enjoy what Carnation has to offer. Yep, we have a beautiful home. We should protect it. Yes, I agree with you. Well, gentlemen, it has been a joy to get to know you a little bit better. I hope I wasn't too hard on you, and I wish you all the luck in the world. And uh, I enjoyed hearing your answers. So, uh, Tim Harris. Thank you very much for, for being with us. Thank and you very much. of course, our election is November 5th. Um, and even though you can get your ballot out anytime. And Mike Flowers, thank you. And uh, I appreciated your being here and your thoughtful responses to my questions, oh. even when I was kind of yanking your chain a little bit. Oh, thank you. And it, was, I thank, it was fun. I thank you for listening right here to Valley Talk. I'm Heather Stark. I'm here every Sunday evening at 7 and Tuesday evenings at 6 on Valley Talk on Valley 104.9 FM.